There's too many homelosers, too many trimmers, but I like to watch them for rotten treasure. Hi. That's not a good. Oh, this is my favorite part. This is my favorite. Yeah, Jim, that was adorable. Hi. I love that. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. Uh, I'm rolling with it. Hi, welcome to Rotten Treasure. Uh, we watch Pitch Perfect 3. I'm your host, Jim O'Donnell, and with me as always is the other host, Kai Bobby. Hey, Jim, what's going on? Uh, no, uh, not much. Uh, I'm doing a podcast today. And Oh, no, no way. Mm-hmm. I didn't sleep well last night. That's all I have to say on that subject. <laughs> Ominous. We'll talk about it later. No, we're not. I just didn't sleep well. <laughs> okay. Let's bring in our guests, because I wanted uh, to read their intros. <sighs> Here we go. Chris Newcomer made a crucial decision to follow his friends to a Tenacious D concert in October 2001, rather than seeing Elaine Stritch live at Liberty across the street. His life has never <laughs> been the same since. His insatiable appetite for flesh cannot be quenched. He's been on Broadway a lot. He attended only one of Rob's weddings, but it was the one where the marriage ended quickly, so it was probably for the best he wasn't at both. <laughs> and also, our other guest, hailing from New Jersey, Rob is the kind of friend who might throw you in the trunk, but not in an aggro way. Not only is he a seasoned and hilarious improviser who has performed all over, but you may also recognize him as the voice of the Castrato Whale on Late Night with Conan O'Brien. He has attended none of Chris's weddings, but he has always been kind to the cavalcade of clowns Chris has dated over the years. It's <laughs> Chris Newcomer and Rob Aliciani. Hello. Woo! Yes. <laughs> hey, hello. Hey, welcome. Uh, Good to be I know here. I already saw those ahead of time, but those are the best. Thank you so much for, <laughs> for doing that. This is, this is the kind of uh, gentle ribbing that only uh, t- yeah. t- uh, two decades worth of friendship can bring you. Correct. Yes. <sighs> so from now on, I think, Jim, whenever we have two guests on at the same time, I think we have them write each other's. Yeah. Especially if they don't know each other. Yeah, I think that makes it better. <laughs> yeah, Especially if they're yes. not familiar. <clears throat> yeah, I was so happy to see that we were, we were like, here, write intros for for yourselves. And then you two were like, okay, cool. We'll bully each other. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this has been gentle bullying has been the cornerstone of our relationship. Yeah, well, we're from New Jersey where bullying is sort of a form of love language. Yes, so, it is absolutely yeah, love know, language. Yeah. I, I grew mm-hmm. up and, and I'm, I'm, you know, this is not saying that like, uh, to excuse bullying in any way, it's definitely used in a very violent way to, a lot of times. But it, it can be a thing where it's like, well, if I don't care about you, I'm not going to like bother. Right. Uh, but if I like rib you a little bit, it probably means I really I think you're cool. Yeah, that's how I feel, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. As a uh, also a person from New Jersey, I feel that way. Kai, how do you feel uh, from New Hampshire? Oh, about bullying? <laughs> Just in general? Uh, I didn't, I mean, I, so, mm, so I've had some friends on the podcast, uh, already. So I'm, uh, I don't mean to call you guys out, but I, I'm definitely out of the crew. Like I'm the one who got it the most, you know, oh, like, yeah. I'm the, no, same. I'm, I'm the one who got it the most and I still, I still kind of get it. Uh, I was the, the fat, most. awkward, funny kid. So, you know, I really identified with Amy in this movie. No, I didn't. No, I mean, who doesn't? I mean, she's just so relatable. She's so relatable and down to earth. <laughs> oh. I'm more of a Lithgow myself, but I get it. <laughs> You're my estranged father. 
a strange third act drug dealing action movie father. Yeah. Wait. Also, one of the greatest treasures of the American theater doing the worst Australian accent one has the, ever like, heard. It was in the worse entire than an Outback Steakhouse. <laughs> yes, it was. But he, you could, that tells you how much he cared about this gig. He was like, "Listen, I'm I'm gonna be um, Winston Churchill in like next year, so I'm gonna worry about that and worry less about this." <laughs> He called his agent. He called his agent. He was like, get me in Pitch Perfect 3, Andy, or this is over. I want to do a Cockney accent. It's Australian. I'll do them both. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) I was amazed to see how bad he was at doing that. Like, I've seen better accents at worse improv shows. Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah, fair. This movie at times made me pine for bad improv. And yeah. and and it really is it made me think a lot about the communities that are based around what I'll call dork art. Um mm-hmm. dork art being things like improv and a cappella. <laughs> They're mm-hmm. very similar, like insular, and if you get in, it's really like it kind of puts its hooks in you, and you think like, I would throw musical theater into that onto that pile as well. But musical theater, yes, absolutely, and it's definitely in the dork, the greater dork arts. Yeah, um, but musical theater is like, like my mom would love to go see a Broadway show. My mother to this Specifically day. Specifically the Broadway show of that Grease uh, competition show that she loved so much. You're absolute, the one that I want. She, she was obsessed. loved that. And, <laughs> and anything that you're in, she'll go to see well. you on Broadway. But she, to this day, will be like, oh, are you have a show? Is it improv? Um, <laughs> you don't want to try stand up? And I'm like, <laughs> like I, I'm the only mother who's like very supportive of my comedy career, but really wishes I'd go into something, um, you know, established like like stand up comedy. <laughs> so it, there were definitely I, I I saw a lot of parallels between um, between the improv community and the acapella community, which is just to say that like. You know, everyone should really go into STEM and, you know, yeah. put something into the world. <laughs> <laughs> Just cure something or fix something or build something. So, so uh, wait, real quick, your message is don't follow your dreams. And no, no. I think if the quarantine taught us anything, it's that we should all <laughs> learn how to fix a toilet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Probably a good idea. The- Hi! Sorry. <laughs> can I just say? Can I? Um. So, um. Uh. My wife Katie Swerko uh, watched this with me, and as soon as the credits started rolling, and like right as the, I think it was, yeah, the Universal Globe, uh, you know, spins, and yeah. they have an acapella version oh. of the the theme, the Universal theme, yeah. and oh. I. Full disclosure, did not and have not and will not watch either of the first two films. So I went into this movie cold. Mm-hmm. And so that acapella theme comes in and I go, wait, is this movie about acapella? Katie's like, yeah, Rob, famously, this movie is about acapella. And I'm like, fuck, God damn it. <laughs> 
That's what we asked. I don't know what I thought it was. I I don't know if I thought it was going to be like Glee the movie, which like it kind of was. But I didn't realize it was going to be specifically about like the subculture of acapella, which again, I'm not yucking anyone's yum here. Well, um, also, lest we but, forget that Robert Robert Alciani over here was in the Rutgers Glee Club for for all which, his years which, at Rutgers. Which was a, I know it's not acapella. Yes, uh, but I was in an acapella group in high school called the Velvet Elvises, and we did our own arrangements of stuff. Um, some 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 songs of which actually I think appeared in this film. Um, so I'm not like I've been in acapella groups and I've been like I have had moments in my life where I'm like, like the highest form of music is is the the most perfect instrument is the human voice. Therefore, the <laughs> highest form of music is acapella. And I, I'd like to apologize for those comments that I made to myself uh, in my in my tenth tenth grade bedroom while I was searching for purpose. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it like right from the jump, I was like, oh no, like this movie had me on its heels from the jump. So I'm really happy that it showed me the ending immediately upon the start of the film. Oh yeah. No, that's nice. I mean, I do, I will say I'll give it to Anna Kendrick's eye acting in that first scene where I was just like, oh man. Number one, I I clocked John Lithgow, the back of John Lithgow's head immediately. I was like, that's Mm -hmm. John Lithgow. What's he doing in this movie? First thought. (laughs) (laughs) recognizable back ahead like, absolutely yeah that's weird i mean he's got a classic back of the head yeah I, I got halfway through the movie and i was like oh it's the guy from third rock from the sun hey i got it what's <laughs> the guy from is it the guy from the beethoven movies am i wrong he's no that, that is season of uh dexter the beethoven movies he just died um yeah the dad from the beethoven movies charles, literally, charles Gro- groden groden charles groden how, how did i mix them up just died i mean they're of the same era I think you, if if you are if you are a millennial geriatric or otherwise to to zenial, you're probably gonna know you're probably gonna know um, John Lithgow from Third Rock from the Sun for sure. Yeah, but also from Dexter. Yeah, I watched. Oh, Dexter. That's where yes, I know. Him so from. he was yep. the whatever killer in Dexter. Yeah. <laughs> that's his name. And he was <laughs> in. He's been in, he's he's been in everything. He's, he's got a great good. he's got a he's got a great guest episode of Thirty Rock where he gets stuck in 30 rock and he's like well someone just pointed to us tomorrow like he's like it's a very good <laughs> just can't <laughs> remember how to get out john lithgow yeah well he's like stuck in at night and no one's like directing him because everyone's you know being zany and living in their you know human muppet world that uh was wonderful that i loved don't get me wrong uh but uh yeah anyway <laughs> i'm glad you apologized just in case tina fey is wise listening to this. <laughs> hey you hey never know. hey you never know. hey tt she's from this Sorry. area yes pepper derby Upper Derby. I always think of him from that. Uh, it's it's weird. I always think of him from the uh, the Twilight Zone movie, where he did the William Shatner part of uh, the. Uh, yes, he did something at a uh, twenty thousand feet. There's something on the wing. Yeah, yeah, he oh. did that part. Uh, the movie that uh, John, what's his face, killed two people, three people. Hink. I, I don't. Hinkley? I don't doubt it. <laughs> no, three people died on the set of that directly because of the um Oh the like really died. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh. Oh yeah, that was one of those like snake bit movies that like they couldn't get through production without a bunch of funerals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nice. uh, uh, a helicopter crashed and Yeesh. two child actors died and <laughs> they cracked down Jesus. hard on child acting after that. Well you can't let them fly the copter. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Jim, we we promised after our pilot 
episodes. Like the ones that we never aired. We were like, we're not going to talk about uh, child, child death. Just died. Yeah, we, never did. <laughs> we, did, we did talk about that. All right, then I'll just mention Vic Morrow. That's a good rule to have, I think. That's a oh. good rule. And that's I can why you can't that ever release the All Dogs Go to Heaven series. That's uh, fine. Wait, wasn't one more? I'm sorry, I will move off of John Lithgow at some point, although I, no. I can't promise I won't return to him. Uh, uh, but wasn't he in Harry and the Hendersons? Or is that someone else? Yes. Yeah, he's the one okay. who says, get out of here, you big dumb animal. Yeah, exactly right. right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, and that's where they reference that in that 30 Rock episode. It all comes together 10 years later. Okay, I get it now. All right, good, good, good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and childhood makes sense. Got it. All right. Copy all right. that. Copy that. Cool, cool, cool. cool. I like this. I like that we saw all the math go in front of your face, and then you were just like, <gasps> "Yeah, John Lithgow I mean, was in Harry yeah. and the Hendersons." <laughs> <laughs> it, it, this movie sucked, by the way. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't like this movie, and I didn't like any of the movies. It opened with a high intensity action scene, and I was going, "Oh, okay." And then it was like, and and I because I hadn't seen the two first films, I was like. Is this like a direct continue? Like, is this like a, you know, one of those sequels where like it picks up immediately upon the action that left? And and Katie was like, well, I don't know, but I, and then it was like uh, three weeks, three weeks earlier. It's like, oh, okay, so they're gonna build up to like the real climax, uh, and then like, nope, they showed you the ending of the film. Yep. <laughs> In the, yeah. with the, within the yeah. first five minutes of the film, you see the ending of the film, and then you get to. Literally no difference in the end None. of the film other than no. they reveal that the, the back of the head of the guy was John Lithgow, unless you're Chris and you right away. And you got a couple more and you got a couple more gags from Rebel Wilson. Because uh, um, she's really good at fighting. She's a fighter. She's so good at fighting. And then but we gotta get a fat joke yeah. in. because, uh, you know, I'm just like, man. But, but yeah, this movie had everything. <laughs> This was actually the least amount of fat jokes that they made in any of the well, movies. Well, it's built into her name, right? I mean, from the beginning. <laughs> Literally, yeah. her name is Fat Amy. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm like, yeah. I'm watching this show as a fat... I'm watching this movie as a fat person, and I'm just like, I mean, we're funnier than this. Like, even yeah. even fat jokes are... Like, look, I am a connoisseur of fat jokes. I've heard them all throughout my life, and there's just way better ones than this. Like, Mm. they don't have to be this lazy. You can put a little thought. What I'm saying is, America, try harder with your fat jokes. Yeah, yeah, they work, uh, and sometimes they're hilarious. I think that's a tagline you should use for when you you, uh, promote this episode. America, work harder on your That was almost the Maybelline uh, tagline. (laughs) It was almost, maybe she's born with it. (laughs) Try harder with your fat jokes. Uh, yeah, same to you, guy in Ireland who's listening. <laughs> same to you. Oh, the, the one download from the Ireland. one guy. Yeah, the, the one. Download. I got it. I got it. I'm there. I'm, same Let's page. see what these boys are doing. <laughs> so, like this guy in Ireland, like what's his deal? Like, is he single? Talking about crappy movies, are they? <laughs> oh, we'll be the judge of that, won't we? <laughs> yeah, Dairy Girls has ruined yeah. me for any other accent but that accent, which is wonderful. Yeah. Like that, they're just yelling at each other, calling each other, like, Come, "Move your holes, we're going over here!" And just like it's really, it's wonderful. Oh, you sound like a Ooh, Father Ted yeah. character. Oh, Father <laughs> Ted. I wish... oh boy, talk about problematic favorites. Um, <laughs> oh, I haven't watched that in many years. I didn't. It's know. not so much what's. Oh, there is a lot in the show, but just the Graham Graham Linium is is uh, 
is not great. <laughs> oh, he's not? Oh, shit. Oh, I no, should stop no, watching no, that in the, no. uh, the IT crowd then. Super turfy. Super, super oh, turfy. Oh, no. Yeah, Ooh. pretty gross. Anyway. Oh, for the record, when <laughs> I said perfect. sweet, I meant not sweet. <laughs> yes, not sweet. <laughs> um, can we really qu- quickly, can we w- talk about DG Co- DJ Khaled and his wonderful acting? In yeah, this, absolutely. Which I thought was very... yeah, he left nothing. He was the in the moment. <laughs> in his element, t- uh, DJ Khaled, I would call him actor Khaled from now on. Yeah. <laughs> the DJ really should be secondary to his talents. May I ask a dumb question? So he DJs, does he actually play the piano? Because they made it seem like he was playing some very intense piano music. Yeah. And I was like, that would be impressive if he was really doing I that. I don't doubt it. I mean, he's a music producer. I imagine he's got some semblance of like theory. Um, and it looked like... It looked yeah. like it wasn't a body double playing the piano, and it looked like it was because I always do that. Whenever I see like an instrument being played, I'm like, "Are they playing that?" And see if like the fingering lines up. Mm. And it looked like it was pretty, pretty realistic. I, I want to draw attention to um, did did anyone recognize the person playing? I let me see here what their name in this Young Sparrow, because that was Trinidad James. Young playing Sparrow. the hip hop artist Young Sparrow. Oh, I know who you're talking about. I didn't know until just now that there was a character named Young Sparrow in this movie. Wait, was yes. it Young Sparrow and something balls? What the fuck was it? So, uh, DJ Dragon Nuts. That's what it was. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So Young Sparrow is played by Trinidad James, who is a, a great hip hop artist in his own right, um, but also like a huge. He's really huge in the sneaker community, and I was that. That was the moment. I, so I'm watching this movie. I, I did not have any jaw dropping moments but then they got in that hangar and had their little riff off and i was like that's trinidad james <laughs> I got very, my little sneaker head brain got very excited that trinidad james was in this i mean film. did you were you live tweeting at all about the movie and oh, did you no. happen to, to tag <laughs> i didn't want to play so i have such a um quick story time <laughs> I have, I used to live tweet a lot. I was at, I was on Twitter very early on. I was very political on Twitter very early on. And I would also do a lot of like just commentary on things I was watching very early on. So like, like Barack Obama follows me. That's how early he follows me too. He follows me too. Yeah. (laughs) He followed everyone at Rutgers that year. Um, (laughs) Right. (laughs) Um, So I used to, one of my, in in, in the past, I used to work marketing for, and digital assets for um, NBC Universal's daytime talk shows, which included Maury, Jerry Springer, Steve Wilkos. And I I started like the Twitter accounts for these things because they didn't have them. This was like late, late 20, late, late 2000s. And one time I tweeted, uh, the Black Eyed Peas were on Saturday Night Live as a musical guest, and I tweeted from what I thought was my account. Um, this is so terrible. It sounds like bad Black Eyed Peas karaoke. And I tweeted that from the Maury account. No! <laughs> it up, and it was, up from a, it was up for a cold two and a half minutes. Oh, no. And I was it like, got- oh, my God. And this is back when, like, you couldn't delete a tweet from the from like your the app on your phone. So you had I had to, like, find a computer and log on and delete it real quick. And, like... <sighs> 15 people had retweeted it by the time I deleted it, but they were all like very supportive. They're like, Maury's cold for this one. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I I get a little scared uh, live tweeting anything, much less um, such a a bastion of of American excellence like Pitch Perfect. Also, how much of this film was paid for by the U.S. military? 
Uh, oh, a hundred percent. Yeah, I would say it had, all of this it. had to be one yeah. of those movies where they're like, "Yeah, we'll th- we, yeah we'll throw five we'll throw fifty million at you, but you need to make this like a basically an army recruitment video." <laughs> I didn't find the army guys hot. They like have them all like slow motion and things. I don't like that uniform. Mm. Yeah, and I don't know why that's like an attractive thing to people. Like obviously, like do what you want, I, but like the act, the actor who plays Chicago, I'll give you a little insight, is in a lot of these sort of dance movies. So I think he was in maybe Step Up. I think he might have been in Center Stage Two. He definitely was in um, Burlesque, um, the wonderful vehicle for one share and one oh, Christina Aguilera. It's a wonderful piece of garbage, and I love it so much. <laughs> I watched it uh, at the top of the quarantine. <laughs> <laughs> Loved it. But he's like a great, like he can move, but I don't, it's funny to me that they cast him in this when he's like, his whole thing is like, he should have had like a dance break or he should have had like a, here I am. I bet you it's but, on the cutting room floor. Oh, poor guy. I oh, bet yeah. you they cast him to, to, to facilitate that. I thought he was cute. I thought there. I think Jim's saying the uniform is not hot to him. Oh, him. oh yeah. No, he, he looks fine. He like, he, yeah. he's a fine looking guy. So is the other guy. They look great, but like they have the uniform, they have them in uniform in slow motion, and I never found that uh, like an attractive thing on people. Yeah. I think he, if you find order attractive, like uniforms are like, oh, okay. you're put together, and I just who finds order attractive anymore? I can't live up to that standard. Also, it's all camo, and it's it's order, but also it's a huge mess. Yeah. Yes. Yes. It is. That's my hot take on the army. I don't like them. <laughs> <laughs> take that, army. All right, so we just lost the That's army. That's the only and, thing wrong with it. Yeah, we lost the army and we lost Maury. <laughs> yes, yeah. specifically Maury. <laughs> Maury Povich God bless is going to be a fan of this podcast. Great. Thank God no Black IP fans were, were on Twitter at that time. No. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think what. Uh, so I I kept getting like vibes that those the two army representatives were like into each other, and that like the big reveal at the end was going to be like, oh, they're a they're a couple, and maybe that was just wishful thinking on my part because that would have like zagged, and I wanted this movie to like zag. I wanted it to yeah. do something that wasn't so completely predictable. That I've been like, oh, and like an interesting. Yeah, I wanted to zag into hardcore of... gay pornography, which is really what I was looking for when I turned this. <laughs> That's what all of our college parties zagged into. So look, our last. We just came off of doing Rocky, and that's what our last franchise did. It just Rocky Horror the or just Rocky? <laughs> no, just Rocky. <laughs> just oh, Rocky. Okay. Sometimes oh, movies no. just have to turn into a gay porn. Yeah, it's yeah. wonderful. Rocky Three. Rob is referencing the, the fact that Rob was referencing, referencing the fact that at college. We, we went to college in the year 2001, uh, and I brought a VHS tapes, uh, because I, I had a, like a TV that would play them, whatever, but I had to hide the one gay porno I had inside a different VHS tape sort of cardboard box. And the, um, the box I chose was the movie Cats, because yes. I don't care for that show. <laughs> but someone, someone, uh, some well-meaning straight person gave it to me at a Madrigal's gift exchange. <laughs> And I was like, this is the perfect way to hide my um, gay porn. So, oh, I wasn't sure if the straight person gave you cats or the hardcore gay porn. Listen, the hardcore gay porn would have been, I would have been yep. like, you get it. You're an ally. <laughs> <laughs> we stand an ally. I think the best out. gift would have been it like it in the cat's box. In the cat's like, box, here's, yes. Yeah, here's some gay porn in the cat's box. <laughs> I did bring you home from one of my internships, Guys Gone Wild. 
Yeah, but that was sad. That's it was very drunk. like, yeah, it was as sad as Girls Gone Wild. Those uh, yes, exactly. It was, the, the, the makers of it were like, you know, well, you know what? Women also exist. People who like penises <laughs> also exist. Let's yeah. um, let's put that out. And it was like, no one wants this. No one wants this product. It wasn't uh, great, but hey, I appreciate the thought. Hey, I'm, you are never you are never far from my mind. Aww. Not even when I'm at work. <laughs> so we we kind of touched on it uh, with yourself, Rob. But Chris, uh, you watched the first two movies. I've watched the I've watched the first movie, and I remember enjoying it at the time. But I famously don't have great taste in movies. Okay. Um, oh, so that okay. may be that may be. I mean, I enjoy I enjoy movie for a camp value. I think the first movie did have camp value. It also had uh, a young Ben Platt playing a weird sort of clown. Uh, not a clown. He's being he's being a magician, but he like, could sing really well. Mm-hmm. Um, there were definitely too many fat jokes in that one too, for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, or too yeah, and bad ones and all that thing. I don't. I, don't, I mean, and it was before and uh, Anna Kendrick had um, sort of jumped the Anna Kendrick shark for me. I like her a lot, but I've also liked her since she was twelve years old on Broadway in <laughs> nominated for a Tony in this play. But she did this uh, weird. Um, they had, this, they had this concert uh, at Carnegie Hall with a bunch of uh, Broadway leading ladies, and she did this uh, at 12 years old, sang this song with all the girls from the Kit Clap Kit Kat Club from the current production of Cabaret. So it's her with all these women dressed as, you know, German sex workers from the 20s doing like this fun song where she's like a little girl. It was just very funny and cute. And I was like, I will stand her forever for that or whatever gay producer made her do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's what I... I kept thinking like this movie's trying so hard to be camp that it's just it's it's just and like there's nothing worse than forced camp. Yeah. yeah. For me. Um and there's nothing better than just like natural, wonderful, you know easygoing camp. But this was just like, let's put this out there. The army gave us a, a dump truck full of money. <laughs> <Let's> make, <laughs> and I want I want I do want to be clear about if people are watching this that are fans of this particular film, that's great. And I, I think that, like, musically, the arrangements, like, whoever yeah. was the musical director on this, like, the arrangements were tight and really, yeah, really strong. The performances were overall pretty damn strong. And, um, like, musically, it was great. It, the script was just, like, someone, like, had a like had a refrigerator magnet poetry board that had, like, <laughs> the... Um, like on the, their on their long weekend in Palm Springs, sponsored by the U.S. military. That's yes, right. Exactly. <laughs> there was just so many moments where I was just like, "That needed someone." Like, how many people said yes to this? <laughs> how many people okayed this? Um, and it was, and it left me feeling like uh, I, I left the film going, "Well, that was a thing that happened, <laughs> right?" And yeah. Mostly because, like. I really don't think you can recover from showing the entire climax of the movie and that climax's outcome. Like in the beginning, when they showed the ending, they showed how they got away. So yeah. it wasn't like, right. it wasn't even like, oh my God, how are they going to get out of this one? It's like, nope, they got out of this one. And now the only thing that's left to show is epilogue and not like, yeah. and nothing surprised you in the epilogue. It was like, you know, Anna Kendrick's gonna kind of keep keep this dude at arm. The, the, the guy who I kept calling um, uh, Adam Adam Not because it's like they couldn't afford Adam Scott. He did look like Adam Scott. You're right. <laughs> wow. I was like, what? They couldn't get Adam Scott for this part. He can probably do an Australian accent or whatever they were trying to do. Um, 
like I think DJ Khaled was like my favorite part of this movie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that that and um and and uh Chekhov's apiary that paid off very quickly. <laughs> they were like, "Oh yeah, he's got a bee he's got beehives here so we can have fresh honey oh, for his shit. fresh oh, honey yeah. for his uh for his like, juice." And I was happen? like, I was like, "Come on. Yeah. Come on, beehive. Come on." And <laughs> 4 minutes. It was like a cold 4 minutes until that oh, paid off. I was like, "Perfect. I didn't I didn't need to wait for that." that. It would have been so mean if like they shot it, they had it, and at the end they're they're just like, "You know what? Pull the uh Pull, pull it. I don't want to. I don't want to give yeah. them the satisfaction of it actually falling over. Cut the B bit. That's... Yeah, cut the B bit. That reminds me of how, yeah. like, when we were watching it, I also saw the bees. And was like, oh, those bees are gonna get let loose at some point. And yep. then when they got <laughs> let loose, my girlfriend went, "Oh, the bees! I forgot about them." How did you forget? It was three. It was three minutes ago. Yeah. <laughs> and she kept and she kept recording while she was being swarmed by bees, as if she's just like so in the moment with the song. And it was a great song. But I was just like, "Come on, everyone's getting stung real bad." Like, yeah, yeah. they should have. They should have had everyone with just covered in welts for the rest of the film. <laughs> and I would have thought <laughs> that's dedication. I do think that this the the blonde actress who I should uh, she's on a she was on a TV show about choirs this last season. Anna Camp. Uh, Anna Camp. That's the one. Yeah. So I think she's got some. She must have some relation now to this kind of this kind of work. I mean, it's like you start doing one thing kind of successfully, and like they tie you to it. Yeah. Um, but her storyline was like the weirdest and saddest. I was like, your sad military dad who won't show up for you and only has these. Oh my like, god! Yeah. That was... I I thought for daddy, sure daddy, daddy, yes, her dad is. was going to be Amy's dad because they kept like saying that together. Yeah. Like she'd say, "I've yeah. got daddy issues. I also have a missing father." It's like. Okay, right. you have the same father. Like, clearly, Again, come on, that would have been it. an interesting twist. Well, that's how we would have tied it up in an improv show, certainly. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would have been better. Yeah. Um, what we're saying is that we would have made a better Pitch Perfect 3. <laughs> so I have a few questions from a from a person who has not seen the first two films. Okay. Sure. Is there a running gag where they're, the two women in the Bellas do not get lines? Yeah. And they're just kind yeah. of, like, abused... But Jessica just be- and Ashley, yeah. I believe. Yeah, I think so. So this- did, was it a big deal that I, I'm taking it that it was a big deal that the woman who was the beatboxer spoke? Yes, because that that it seemed like maybe she didn't get a line. Yeah, the her entire whole thing. Other- her whole thing is that she's like a, a quiet weirdo who's like really good at beatboxing. Yeah, um, and she'd occasionally mumble shit. She'd be like, "I consumed my twin in the womb," you know, like yeah, just, right. you wouldn't. Yeah, oh, gross. Okay. Yeah, but it was like so low. They turned her the volume on her microphone so low you couldn't hear her at all. And then you're like, "Wait, did she say consume the thing?" Like that was the joke of her. <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay. Um and. And she said the demon that that left. Like, oh my god! <laughs> yeah, this she is said, like she's she been possessed by Satan, and Satan finally left my body. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. She's like, hi, I'm <laughs> Esther. Nice to meet you. That's this the only. <laughs> that was the only like completely absurd thing that happens in all the movies. Yeah. Oh no! It's nothing else absurd happens. And then the other movie. two women from the Bellas, <laughs> they also were just kind of like joke fodder they don't they didn't get lines yeah so i think they're like they're... filler filler to make the group sing seem bigger because i guess yeah. you can't have like a small you know no. acapella group kind of thing. no no you can't and... legally you can't <laughs> you <gotta laughs> yeah. people although a barbershop with like a word do you think that the, do you think that barber let's talk about barbershop quartets do you think <laughs> that barbershop quartets look um look to acapella as like trash 
is just like trash. Like like Absolutely. they really they really destroyed our pure art. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I do I, think that. <laughs> yeah, we really should do a follow up podcast and get like a couple of representatives from the acapella world and the barbershop world and just be like, so what's going on here? Let's hash this out. Let's do a little Camp David right now and get the piece flowing. A I'm already I'm already reaching out to one of my friends who listens to the podcast ahead of time to be like, hey, don't listen to the Pitch Perfect episodes because he loves acapella. <laughs> we're just going to really hurt his feelings for three episodes. Look, <laughs> we're, had not, a we're, not, we're not shitting on the acapella, though. No, I think not we're shitting all. on the, the movie. I mean, it, <laughs> the acapella it is, it is, was good. Yeah, it was. The, the performances were great. And I, I'm just saying that like acapella is one of those like pretty niche art forms that has a very dedicated, almost like rabid following, like improv does. Yeah, where yeah, outsiders yeah. look at it and they go, like an outsider could come to an improv show and go, oh, that was really fun. But like you're going to see improvisers who like studied and are on house teams in the audience going like, oh, really great. Oh, what perfect timing on that. <laughs> and they're like, all right, Dorkenheimer. Like people yeah. just want to laugh. And the same thing with acapella. It's like, oh, I really like, you know what? I loved it when they did Journey because I like the band Journey. And they're like, but you didn't hear that we modulated four right. times. And you're just like, okay. Um, but I don't know where I started with this. It's, um, <laughs> it's the concept of train spotting, which is like, the 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 book the book and the movie are all about heroin, but the idea of train spotting is <laughs> when you there's a hobby called train spotting where you look you find trains and you go oh I've never seen that kind of train before and then they get very excited and they get pumped and there's videos online of dudes that are like yeah it's the LX three R I haven't seen one of these and it's like <laughs> it's so cool to see them super excited but from an outsider's perspective you're like. I oh, don't yeah. get this. It's Why, a train. What's going <laughs> yeah. on? Yeah, a yeah. train's going by right it's, now. Yeah, it's, and, and we've never lived in a time where it's been easier to kind of like find your find your crew. You yeah. know, like it, you probably yeah. had to be like, if you were a train spotter in a town, you were like the only one. And then if you found somebody else, you were like, oh my God, are you like, you know, flew halfway across the country to go to a convention? Now you can just like find the train spotting subreddit and, you know. <laughs> right. And argue with, you know, and, and just gatekeep because somebody who's new there thought they saw a cool one. And you're like, oh, that's in every town. <laughs> We've all seen that one. We've all seen that one. It's like a grackle for a bird watcher. I'm assuming <laughs> grackles are very common birds. I do recall uh, when we were actually when we were still at Rutgers. I went in with a with a, a friend of ours. Remember Annie, who was in Godspell? Yes, a hundred percent. I love her. I was gonna. Wonderful. I was gonna. Are we gonna mention Deep Treble? Was was a question that I had. Yes, you should mention Deep Treble. Is a wonderful acapella group from absolutely Rutgers great acapella group yeah. from Rutgers. Yes, yeah, we love them, and they're still the group is still I believe still performing. Yeah, uh, not not with not with people our age, with people actually in college. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna ask if it was like because the Bellas in the movie are a college group, and I was right. gonna ask if they're a college group where they keep getting new members every year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah it's a, co- it's a college. I wouldn't even be surprised thing. if they were like a class at this point, because like you know, Rutgers Glee Club started as a club, and now it's a class. You can mm-hmm. get credit for it. I, you know, now Deep Treble's been around for probably close to thirty years. At oh that God. point, like, yeah, I know. <laughs> well, wow. We've been graduated for 15, maybe not 30. I, probably I need around to close take to my multivitamin, I guess. <laughs> so, <laughs> don't joke. I have to take a multivitamin. Rob, do you know how many pills I take a day <laughs> to keep this whole body pumping? Yes, I have I my multivitamins within arm's reach. <laughs> yeah, I, I mine's upstairs. Yeah, absolutely. Every I've day. got, I only got I my biotin right here, which is just to keep my hair growing. But other than that. Um, I, I take kelp oil. I don't even, I just, because someone's like do that so i don't know yeah <laughs> just do it it's good for your skin i guess i don't know 
Listen, I got on prep and cholesterol meds in the same week. It was a big week for me, certainly a big week for my gut. But uh, here, do here, it. Moving forward, right? Yeah, better living through science. Come on. <laughs> yes, I'm exactly. a pharmacist's son. Like, take take the medication, get better. Yeah. Everyone yeah. should really get vaccinated. It's five weeks from now when we're recording this. If we are not yes. at 70% with one shot, I'm going to be very upset. Yeah. yeah. Get that man from Ireland. For every, uh, what do you want to do mathematically here? We're going to stop doing episodes. <laughs> no, I don't know what the threat is and to get people to get fast. We will keep doing episodes. We will in- keep doing yeah, it. <laughs> That's what it we is. Will, we you- will fully fund the Pitch Perfect 3 play starring John Lithgow and... Oh, uh, as, um, as Anna Kendrick. As everyone. <laughs> I like the idea that it's a play and not even a musical. Like, it's just... A, all the music happens off stage. <laughs> They, they enter the stage. Well, that wasn't a very good performance at all, exactly. Bellas. <laughs> we'll never get the gig now. I also no, like the it's, idea. It's of- a 90 minute psychological, just 90 minutes in the green room before a performance. That's the play. <laughs> Aaron Sorkin's Pitch Perfect 3. <laughs> Everyone's walking everywhere. Oh, no one's their characters. They're all the actors that play the characters. Yeah, I got that. We, we know. <laughs> I think you, I think that I think that's got legs. Uh, let me call. Uh, let me call some of the producers I know. Can we? Uh, and, no, I don't. I don't know the, the, the 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 um the 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 heels the 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 evil band was called Evermoist. Evermoist. Yeah, that was yes. I did, with yes. Ruby Rose. Yeah, yeah. Ruby yes. Rose. Yeah. With Bat Batwoman, Batgirl, boys her. She's Bat something. Uh, she was Bat. Uh, I think Batwoman. Yeah. yeah, she she did the first se- uh first season of Batwoman. She it, she ended up giving up the role. Uh I guess because it was like really demanding. Um yeah. working for the CW verse is really fucking difficult. Yeah. Um I don't know, I've never been a superhero before. It sounds exhausting. Uh But yeah. She's also the face of Maybelline New York in Australia. Oh, is she? Oh, yeah. To bring it back to Maybelline. Maybe <laughs> she's born with it. Maybe uh, it's ever voiced. And she was in <laughs> The Meg. Oh, good. Are we just looking at her in Wikipedia? Now? I am absolutely yeah, doing it right now. <laughs> yeah, Orange is the New Black's where I know her from, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Oh, right, yeah. If you had been like, name 10 things about Ruby Rose, I wouldn't have been able to do it. I definitely would have been um, accidentally naming things about that Rose person from Philadelphia. What's her name? She's bald. And she dated that... Kanye West. Yeah. Oh, God. What was her name? Oh, Amber Rose? That's that's it. the one. Okay. <laughs> I become my I mother. Like, I'm like, that, that we, one, that bald going? girl who dated Kanye. <laughs> I have a friend. His name's Nick Rose. Uh, Kai, any other roses? Uh, I love talking about Shit's Creek, so we could do that. But we probably shouldn't because I've done it enough on this podcast. <laughs> Welcome back to uh, These Are the Roses We Know. <laughs> 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 Everyone do your worst Moira Rose impression. Here we go. Oh, David. I can't. I can't do it. I'm, that's not in me. I don't have Jim, it in my spirit. What do you got? Uh, it was the same thing. Just, oh, David. <laughs> um, oh, no. We're on. We're at Shit's Creek. <laughs> <laughs> Baby. I can't do it. Bebe is so hard. Bebe. The Bebe is hard. Where's the Bebe? <laughs> Fold in the cheese, David. Oh my god, it's she's a genius. She's uh I don't even certified. know where the fuck she got that accent from. It's amazing. 
Her whole thing, I think when she was talking about it, she was like, oh, um, you know, when you can't come up with anything, just play a certified, certifiably crazy person, and then it will come out great. Or something along those lines. Mm, sure. so I was like, oh, which yeah. is I what mean, she does in great. every movie, and I love her in every movie, yeah. so. Yeah. Uh, and okay, then my next question uh, for what's going on, because I haven't seen the first two films. Um, Hit it. So Elizabeth Banks and John Michael Higgins. Yes. Uh, I'm assuming they they played a much larger the, role, and now they've, it, they've not really. They've they actually been, played a smaller role. Yeah, they've just been. The, yeah, they they've played smaller. They were basically just commentators uh, for the first two movies for competitions. Okay, because it literally felt like okay, here's like here's a pitch perfect movie, um, and then like we're just gonna squeeze a tiny little Christopher Guest movie just in this yes. corner of the film. No, and it's. It felt like it was diff- like it almost felt like they were never like in the same place as the rest of the characters. Like yeah. like they, they like definitely weren't filmed. except for that yeah. one scene. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. In the first movie, it was essentially just Best and Show. That was okay. exactly what they did. That then this is what I was this is what I was yeah. this is what I was was, was too. Hey, steal on. from the best. I mean, that's not a bad Always. thing to do. You know? Yeah. Always. It's not a I don't think they did this to be like, we want to be part of Pitch Perfect 3. They did this because, oh, you're going to pay me to go hang out with someone I enjoy hanging out with? Yeah. Oh, yeah. for sure. I'm going to go do that. That sounds this was This was like fantastic. when Elvis... This is like when Elvis would just be like, hey, man, you want to... Oh, hey, all my friends, you want to go to Hawaii and shoot a movie? I don't yeah. know. It ain't written yet, but we'll figure it out when we get down there. And <laughs> yeah. like, he would just do that. And then, like, most of Elvis's career was just like, I want to go to this place. Might as well shoot a film. Like, that's how... Uh, what was it? Kid Creole. He's just like, let's go to New Orleans and shoot a movie. Mm-hmm. What? Wow, I didn't know that. That's oh, what yeah. this was. Like, all of Elvis's movies are just, like, for the most part, just like, uh, let's let's just bring all my friends down and we'll we'll get drunk in we'll this place happened. and shoot a film during the day and, and get rip-roaring rip at night. Sure. Yeah, I was going to say, I won't, I, won't, I won't begrudge anybody, you know, saying yes to a paycheck. I, you know, it's a, it's a work-a-day Certainly world not. out there. You oh. Know, and, uh, I would be in this movie in a heartbeat if it meant I got to go to Europe. Like, yeah, cool. Absolutely. Sure. Hell yeah. That sounds I mean, awesome. That, I think the same probably goes for most of the people that said yes. Like, I, I think Pitch Perfect Two got like a good rating. Like, and like if you're if you came in for Pitch Perfect Two, you're probably coming back for Pitch Perfect Three. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, like, not the boyfriend who was completely useless in the first two movies. In fact, oh. I thought he wasn't in the second one because of scheduling. Oh, yeah. that brings me to my third question. Was there like an established relationship that was just written off in between oh, yeah. films? Mm-hmm. Okay, cool, cool, cool. That makes sense too. Got it, got yep. it, got it. Yep. There was two of them, in fact, because uh, Adam Devine was in uh, the first two yeah. as well, and then they yeah. were just like, really? eh, get rid of him. Yeah, yeah. So we got annoyed wow. by him for the last two movies. Yeah. His 15 minutes are up. <laughs> or he was like booked and blessed with better gigs. Yeah. He was like, you know what? I love Hollywood did try to but, make uh, him like a leading man for a while. I don't yeah. think it's happening he was in that one with zach efron i think what anna kendrick was in that movie too i believe i wonder if they exist in the same universe they might (laughs) the ppu (laughs) i'm still trying to get i'm still trying to get the idea that mayor of east town and hacks live in the same universe and in like a weird parent trappy gene smart is like twins that were separated at birth and she's like having a moment and god bless her and she she deserves it she deserves every second of screen time she's incredible oh god i love her who are you talking about so mayor of east town Have you, on did HBO, you it's a Kate, no, it's a Kate Winslet. Like it's, it takes place in Delco, in Delaware County. So it's all these wonderful, 
Oh, I know oh, Delta is very important to this area, so I'm listening. Yes. <laughs> yes. It is our it is it is our spiritual home. This area, oh, I, I've heard shit. those words. Like I don't know, like like I don't know if it's Wawa or Delco. I think Delco is more important to people. Around. Well, they so, they kind of go together. Yes, like sure. Rama Lama Lama, Kadinga da Dinga Dong. Yeah, so it's it's a murder mystery that takes place like in. Uh, west uh southwestern philly suburbs and like where play, like around where my dad grew up like westchester delco like that kind of that kind of area so everyone's like oh no don't tell him his daughter got murdered <laughs> oh man and like like the, the one scene of the guy's getting the worst news of his life and he leans forward there's just a big eagles logo on the recliner <laughs> and it's not like a blanket on the recliner it's like he bought an eagles recliner and so the rest of the country is seeing like a gritty crime drama and everyone i've talked to from this area is like no this is a comedy <laughs> for wow. us yes wow it's that's, so and she's just vaping the whole time it's great that's so well, accurate perfect, I knew- perfect show I knew so many people that, and so many, I mean, I have an uncle who had one of those, like, recliners. That was an Eagles yeah. recliner. Yeah. Do you see it? Oh, Marianne got me this for my birthday, and it's the most beautiful piece of right. furniture I ever, I ever laid my my ass on. I, I can't believe it. This is why you don't get divorced, kids, because, you know, you stay around with them, and your wife buys you an Eagles fucking sofa. And then you have Gene Smart playing Kate Winslet's mother, being mother. like, "Jesus Christ, Mary! Just I got you, I got you cheesesteak. Just go to cheesesteak before you go to bed. Like it's this very you gotta, like you gotta friggin' eat something. Eat half a cheesesteak." And then <laughs> and then she she eats a cheesesteak in a I just I don't know. It feels very authentic in a way that I enjoy. But at the same time, Gene Smart, who plays the grandmother on Mayor of Easttown, is playing the lead in a dark comedy called Hacks, where she plays this, like, Joan Rivers-style comedian in Las Vegas. And I would just love, like, a Parent Trap-style movie where they are twins separated at birth, who come back together, and, like, Gene Smart, Joan Rivers comes to Delco to do a show. Oh, my God. And everybody rolls out to see her. I'm I'm here for the Mayor of Easton uh, extended universe. Yeah. For sure. Um, how many musical montages were in this movie? Was it a Baker's Dozen? Uh, oh, this was the Rocky Four of Pitch Perfect. Yeah, yeah, there, it really was. That's a good way to describe it. Yeah, I, I, you, you didn't get to see it that much in this movie, but in the previous two, they did tons of mashups, and the way yeah. they did mashups was they just sang two songs at the same time, uh, regardless yeah. of what chord progression they were, uh, whatever. And they would just randomly throw it in. They'd be like, what if we just started singing uh, uh, Don't Stop Believing" and then also Toxic? And that feels like two songs that go together. Sure. sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, just transpose it so they're both in the same key and, you know, mess with the tempo a little bit. Yeah, it works perfect. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Did anyone here see, um, not the song contest, but the movie Eurovision on Netflix? It was a Netflix exclusive. No. It had Will Ferrell. No? Okay. It's wonderful. Is it? It is wonderful. It is, it is, if you like Will Ferrell, it's everything you love about Will Ferrell. If you don't like it, it's not so Will Ferrell that you're like, I hate it because he's just doing Will Ferrell stuff. But it's like a return to form for him and it's got heart. It's got a lot of heart. Like I cried Uh during this film. Wow. And the music's incredible and they do, it's all about the Eurovision Song Contest. And yeah. I didn't really know much about the Eurovision Song Contest before this film. And then this year. Oh, I you watched... want to talk about you want to talk about camp. That is where camp goes oh, to be born. Eurovision, it's like it's like camp 
heightened to like an ethereal level of being it's uh-huh. it's perfect it's so european it's it's inc- it's so european i'm surprised it's not uh, colonizing the planet because it <laughs> it is it is so good and the movie is a really fun watch but they do something in this film that reminded they do something in that movie that reminded me very much uh or this movie pitch perfect three when they did the riff off very much they do almost the exact same thing but in in eurovision it's like joyful and everyone's getting into it together it's not like a it's not like a battle it's like a communal event and I was like, oh, I just wanted it to be that. It's all, and, and there's a, a couple other parallels. You know, it's like a kind of a, uh, a pull yourself up by your bootstraps musical story where it's like, we just have a dream and a song and we're going to, yeah. you know, and, but, but Eurovision, the movie pulls it off really, really well. Um, and, th- and this movie, I mean, again, I saw the third film in a C, I'm sure Pitch Perfect nope. 1 and 2 are better. They ha- they almost mathematically have better. to be. I would say 2 is exactly yeah. the same as 3. Yeah. It's just longer. So, so. Oh, God. <laughs> that one's two hours. Um, this one's long, one and a half yeah. hours. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was I was very happy with the runtime on this one because I think I yeah, started sure. at 10 p.m. Well, they, uh, they, moved, they moved the plot along at quite a clip, I will oh, say. It yeah. was that, just... The except pacing for the, except for the musical was, interludes, you know. Yes. The pacing in this film was... Uh, a breakneck speed, which I appreciate. <laughs> yeah, get it over with. Yeah. It was that kind of movie. Yeah, the first two had like had like a lot of like hanging out and improv moments where it's just like, oh, uh, Rebel Wilson's just going to pretend to be a mermaid for like two or three minutes, and then we'll, then we'll keep going with the plot. Yeah, right. <clears throat> oh, were you going to say, Chris? They they did have my one of my favorite things that movies do when some when a character references. A moment where we're getting a lot of exposition. <laughs> that one character, because like someone came in saying something to them about, I guess them, DJ Khaled picking whoever does the best as the opener, and then the one character was like, "Wow, that was a lot of exposition." And I was like, "Yes, thank you." That yeah. they do that, they do that well in uh, the Great and Muppet they went, Caper. Wink. <laughs> <laughs> no, they do that very well in the Great Muppet Caper, where Diana Rigg goes on this great diatribe about her brother, who's definitely like been stealing her diamonds, played by Charles Grodin, by the way. Callback. Rest in peace. Rest in power. <laughs> <laughs> but, but then, and then Miss Piggy goes, "Why are you telling me this?" And Diana Rigg goes, "It's exposition. It has to go somewhere." <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I mean, Muppets do everything right. They they do everything. All, Correct. All, all of the co- they they look at the script once in a while. And I'm like, hilarious. You nailed it, Muppet movie. I even like that dumb uh, like Office parody they did, and and it only got one season. It was more um, of like a thirty rock, I would say. But yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was like that, like single camera. Um, you know, are you shitting me? The Muppets—they have one of those. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, oh, yeah it's yeah. called Muppets. And Kermit is Tina Fey. <laughs> yeah, and Kermit is Tina Fey. It's a lot of speaking directly to the camera and like one shot. It, it's it's very the Office thirty rock. You oh know, a, a yes. workplace a workplace comedy, but it's it's the Muppets doing their this time a late night talk show hosted by Piggy. Piggy, I'm yeah. so in. That's oh, it's, it's it's on Disney Plus, so mm, I think I have access to that. It is, it yeah. is indeed. Well, they also had another. They had another uh, program that is also on Disney Plus, which was like the Muppet Streaming or Muppet. Like it's another similar kind of thing, but it's all these smaller vignettes of yes shows thrown together by. Um, oh God, I forget. I forget the Muppet's name. I don't know. I've lost the Muppet thread at this point, but uh, Fozzie, you know what I'm saying. Not Fozzie. Ah, uh... <laughs> uh, yes. The, 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 the two, two Muppets. Muppets. <laughs> Fozzie, not Fozzie. <clears throat> um, this film 
made $185 million on a budget of $45 million. So wow, there might be a fourth because that's Uh, – I'm really – I'm really no. trying to see if it was partially, partially I think funded I've, I by I think the I've Army. read things about them saying that if there is a fourth, it's going to be like the next generation. It's not going to be. Yeah, you're oh not going to get. You're not like, going to get Anna Kendrick back for that or anything. Like me. If we scared. get if we get Pitch Perfect four before we get Sex and the City three, listen, I'm just saying. Uh, okay. My my poor queer heart. <laughs> well, we do need that third one so we can talk about it on this podcast. So great. <laughs> Wait, have you watched one, one and two yet? No, I have not. Are you playing on it? That's that's kind of the other part of this podcast. (laughs) It's really just Kai watches a lot of movies because they haven't seen the I don't know enough things. I guess like I honestly have maybe seen three Muppet movies, maybe four. Have you seen the Great Muppet Caper? I haven't. Okay, Kai. It'll change your life good. It's like Miss Piggy in a Busby Berkeley style like swimming fantasy where someone in a Miss Piggy outfit has to dive possibly 50 plus feet in the air into sure. the water. Oh, it's uh-huh. it's worth worth uh, it's weight in gold. It's very good. Oh, no. I just sense. I just today watched a video where a guy in a Spider-Man suit dove into a pool and then uh, he found out when you do that, you get waterboarded because of the way the mask works. And then he like oh, super no. panicked and uh, it was very strange watching a man panic today. Are you okay? Oh, no. I, I panic just as much as him. Muppet movies. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's not the holidays oh, if you don't watch Muppet Christmas Carol. <laughs> that's true. I rented that one time in July, and the man at Blockbuster uh, made fun of me. Huh? I was like, it, it's always time to watch the Muppets. Hey, Typical hey friend, why don't you inject a little joy into your life? Like, yeah, come on. exactly. Also, way to get Blockbuster on the podcast, Jim. What a <laughs> yeah, that's right. I've been to Blockbuster. Way to like brag. Jeez, <laughs> Wait, <what? laughs> I lived there. I did too. I, I I used to rent um like video game consoles from Blockbuster because we didn't have like like I had the regular Nintendo for a very long time, Super Nintendo, and then I think I skipped to like a PlayStation when I was in college. But I remember renting the Game Boy, uh, the the Virtual Boy. <laughs> From the local Blockbuster, which that'll take you back. I mean, I would go there every weekend and make my mom rent Death Becomes Her for me in the in 1994, (sighs) which really tells all all this. All the all the signs were on the wall. That movie is perfect. Uh, And it was a lot of me just like queening out at the age of 11 about Meryl Streep and Goldie. (laughs) It's honestly like uh, so I just showed that to Katie for the first time. Uh, Death Becomes Her and and I was just like so this is a pretty big test here (laughs) like like, I know you're pregnant with my child but if you don't like this movie we're gonna have to figure out how to co-parent fair because that movie is you want to talk about like perfect camp completely oh yeah yeah it's and like the special effects are astoundingly good for the time like yeah really it's just it's a wonderful it's a movie that absolutely 100 percent could not get made now not because of its content just because like they don't hollywood doesn't make weird films like this anymore yeah like weird i knew it's zemeckis wasn't it yeah yeah i think so oh wow that's a big name making it too oh yeah right yeah it was he made a lot of goldie hawn um Meryl Streep. Goldie Hawn, Meryl Streep, and Bruce, Bruce Willis, Willis playing like what? a dork. And yeah. <laughs> they were like, let's put glasses on him and kind of make his hair look greasy. Now he's not attractive, right? It's like it's still Bruce Willis. <laughs> <laughs> and Isabella Rossellini playing. Oh, uh, my God. How could I yeah. forget? It's, 
in maybe the in maybe the part of her career like maybe the role of her <laughs> not blue yeah velvet. was that was that a sexual awakening for you seeing her in that movie or, or was that no? everything was a sexual awakening for me for <laughs> i had no idea what was going on but yes i i knew like like yeah yeah isabella rose in that movie is an entire like yeah experience wait I i've seen this holy shit no they fall down the stairs yes yes oh it's, and their bodies fall apart yeah no I'm it in. gets yes. to almost this. almost um what's his name level of body horror at times <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. oh what's oh my god what is his name he did um a cronenberg that's it's, it. it's almost cronenberg. it's almost cronenberg levels of body horror at times but um, but then but then you get you get her you get her perfect Meryl Streep lines like uh, after she's taken the potion, um, Isabella Rossellini goes now a warning and Meryl's like now a warning like it's like the perfect it's a very it lives in my brain in a, in a very rent free kind of way. Get it, Meryl. Get it, Meryl. I mean, we're all just promoting movies that aren't the movie we watched. Basically, watch anything other than this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can I can get behind that statement. Do yourself a favor. Oh, I uh, when you we said Eurovision, I I thought you meant Euro Trip for like a minute. Oh I was god! Like, <laughs> oh no no no! Have you seen Euro Trip? <laughs> I was like, where's this? I going? cried <laughs> when Matt Damon came out and sang know. that song. <laughs> uh, I mean, I would have went there. It's fine. Uh, but, that that was a movie that came out. When I was probably like 12 and I definitely wasn't allowed to watch that movie. And then mm-hmm. a bunch of kids in my seventh grade class were allowed to watch the movie. And I got bullied because I wasn't allowed to watch Eurotrip. So I hate Eurotrip. I was just young enough to need to have our uh, like my childhood friend's mom come with us just to watch a bunch of dicks. Like a lot of dicks. On the big screen, like an aggressive amount. Like, are there a lot of dicks in that movie? Oh, how am I forgetting that? I, it seems like something I would remember. Just a big old <laughs> slow mo dick uh, on the beach, nude beach scene. Oh, the right, because Graham, because and Graham Norton is in that movie, right? Uh, uh, as like some like super is gay, like isn't he? He's some like. I oh, I can't the, remember. This is like what fifteen years ago. I've never seen it. Easily. More, I think. Remember <laughs> when they tried to make Graham Norton happen in the states? I know. never could make the. Oh, that's a I went. I went and saw his little talk show in not the big, not the big one. He did like a smaller version of his show in New York, and it was kind of good. But they just his sensibility doesn't always translate. Mm-mm. You know. There's also uh, I I I'm a huge Anglophile. I love British television and and like uh, just a huge fan of 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 all of that. But sometimes, even if like. If they took the same actors, same same creators, and put them and just produced it with an American production company, I just I, I'm not gonna like it. Like there's something about yeah. the pacing, there's something about you know the the, the episode length, um, the camaraderie so. of it. Oh yeah, like I will watch hours of Eight Out of Ten Cats Does Countdown oh, on YouTube, and I don't same. know if any of you Eight Out of nope. Ten Cats Does Countdown. It's it's a it's a blend of two shows. Countdown is a is a very long running, very popular British game show where there's you're either trying to do quick math based on random numbers that are generated, and then you have to use those numbers and either add, subtract, or multiply them to get a, a goal number, or uh, there's a word puzzle where you get random letters and you have to make the largest word you can with those letters. 
Eight out of ten cats is a panel show with just comedians, and they just like talk about various statistics, and they like mm-hmm. it's almost like a live podcast. Um, but they get like really funny British comedians, and they just talk like they'll be like, "This is a statistic," and they'll just like riff on it. So eight out of ten cats does countdown is those. It's a it's all comedians doing the word games and the numbers, and it's just it's a delight. And they put like little comedy sketches in the middle of it, and it's just it's so funny. It's it's so, so funny. funny. James Acaster will come on all the time. Lee Mack is an amazing whenever yeah. he comes on. Uh, I like Lee Mack. And um, what's who's um, uh, Wilkinson? Uh, Joe Wilkinson. Joe Wilkinson's just like the the funniest, just like droll, just you know, his whole shtick is like, oh, I'm I'm really sad. I'm really uh, you know, I'm really low key all the time. And it's just he's so funny. One of my favorite. Anyway. One of my favorite bits is where they have him in a baby Bjorn and like a a, a bodybuilder. Yeah. is holding him up but the yeah. bodybuilder is clearly still holding him up because he makes the bit go on for way too long and the bodybuilder has to like relax and they're like <laughs> oh my god yeah that it's it's and it's the the british british humor is it's it's like they can curse they can do whatever they want but it doesn't feel like weird because they just they're less hung up about that kind of shit mm-hmm. so it's mm-hmm. great mm-hmm. Highly recommend it. Most of the episodes are on YouTube, and it's really good. Like, I just need something to wind down at the end of the night viewing, yes. and it's just yeah. kind of mindless. I can be on my phone too, and like half watch and just, you know, wind down. Nice. Me and my girlfriend are currently watching uh, Taskmaster. We're going through all those episodes. Ooh, I I, I started those. Um, those are those the they make me too. Um, I don't like I don't like cringe humor, and a lot of those are like. You have to call a pizza place, and you can't use the word cheese, uh, pepperoni, and you have to. And I'm just like, no, it's making me uncomfortable. I don't like. It. <laughs> uh, yeah, it is quite a bit of that. Uh, there, I want that. Give me that saucy circle. <laughs> no, that's exactly literally that. That's no, literally you what it. you have. They're like, they're yeah. like, give me one of them sauce circles, and um, you know, <laughs> and put some of those uh, porks, pork bits, pork, you know, the spicy pork bits. Yeah. They they actually That's did funny. do that. They did that show in America, and it was horrible. It bombed completely because they they got like Lisa Lampanelli on it. Oh yeah, no. And they did no. that exact bit, and Lisa Lampanelli just berated a man in a pizza shop until he hung up, and that was oh, wow. that's yeah, how that's not going to work in the states. It's not going to work in. The states. I feel like the only British export that really worked in the states was The Office. Yeah, like yeah, you know, um, like they tried to do an American. Uh, Doctor Who, they tried to do, they tried they to did. famously, they've tried to do the It Crowd a couple times. Mm-hmm. I think so, didn't they? What's that? Which one? The American, American Doctor, Doctor Who? Who? I don't think, I didn't think that was an American. Maybe I'm lying. Um, I thought they did. It was oh, called Perfect of... Strangers. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, I believe you. But yeah, it's uh, The Office, and, they, and the only reason that The Office worked was because they kind of changed what it was almost immediately. Um, and arguably might have come up with a better product than, you know, I think at this point, the British office and the American office are to- two totally different yeah. things. Yeah. Um, besides, but the first I like season. kind stuff. I like kind, uh, kind television. I like television where people act nice to each right now. My favorite show in the world is Bluey, Bluey. on, on, uh, so Bluey is oh. an Australian <laughs> children's television show. That features a family of dogs, and Aww. they're just really kind to each other. And but it's it's one of those shows where it's it's not written for adults for sure. But there's stuff in there like 
okay, this is for the adults. And it's, but it's not like crude or anything. It's just, they're really kind. The episodes are eight minutes long. There's 51 episodes to a season. There are two seasons on, on Disney plus. And I'm like, it's just so, it's just like, it washes over you with pleasantness and just kindness. And you're like, okay, maybe the world's going to be okay. That's how I feel when I watch Adventure Time. Adventure Time is that for me, for sure. Very much, very similar to the like, okay, this can get deep, but I just feel good after I watch it. Yeah. Like, the things that get me emotional with uh, the world uh, is, uh, or like media, is when a group of people come together and do a thing together. Most most commonly, and I'm I'm not doing this because of the episode, it's when like, People sing, people sing together. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I, yeah. I really love when a bunch of people just start singing the same song in like a bar or anything, yeah. except for the Eagles. Uh, yeah, like the end of Scrooge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Put a little love in your heart. I thought you I said had, I... sink, and I was like, oh, when they all drown together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it when a group of people get together and just drown. No, Jim, Jim I'm with you. I, I had been, this is 2017. I was on tour with uh, a show and we'd been in Asia for three months. I, I, yeah, we'd been, and now we're at the sort of the end of the tour. We were in the last bit of the tour and um, I was on like a day off and I was at this temple and this group of people just started singing in unison. And I was just like almost inconsolably crying because mm-hmm. <laughs> it was just so beautiful and wonderful. And I, I, you know, and also obviously I was in a very like away from home for a long time kind of place and it right. was just wonderful. So I feel you on that. Yeah. It's just, it, I, it, people coming together but specifically singing because i think it has the extra emotional kick of music can make you emotional yeah. which is a testament to how bad this film was <laughs> all about because singing. all this movie was was people coming together to sing and you left it going maybe the world's not going to be okay <laughs> maybe yeah. maybe we deserve the comet yeah a moist towelette commercial did it better one time for me all right, I legitimately <laughs> cried at a Moist Towelette commercial because a bunch of people just sang a song, and I was like, okay. Was it an ever Moist Towelette? Oh, I was going to uh, go there, too. Uh, <laughs> uh, we're professional comedians, people. Yeah. Jokes, I see. <laughs> yeah, no. I think it's uh, fair to say that I'm sorry I made you both watch this movie. Not at all. It's okay. This was a pleasure, and it was a pleasure doing this podcast. So oh, my it was kid- worth it. i'm glad it it got to be worth it yes i'm glad i saw the film like i I left it going that was an experience i had now i can say that i will never see the first two i've now i can tell people like if they say like have you seen pitch perfect they go i've seen pitch perfect three and "And not the first two yeah no 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 i only saw i only saw pitch perfect three i saw it in the theaters (laughs) oh please i was there day one front row yeah absolutely I jumped out of my seat. When they jumped out of that yacht, I jumped out of my seat. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I paid for my whole seat. Only needed the edge. (laughs) 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 Okay, where did you get that one from? Because I love it. That's such a dad joke. That's so... (laughs) I I mean, I certainly didn't create it, but it's one of those where I'd be very hard-pressed to, like, source where I heard it originally. It's like monster trucks. Monster truck commercials. I I usually find Probably, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I actually find those jokes have come from The Simpsons when I can't place it. I'm like, this is from a very nascent. Yeah, because I definitely don't think there's been a, not to open up like a half hour discussion, but I don't think there's been, if I look back at like my comedic uh, influences, it's like uh, Saturday Night Live from the 90s, um, a weird 
talk show host, a weird talk show called Ron and Fez that I got really into in college. And, um, and like the Simpsons, uh, specifically yeah. seasons four, five, six, seven, eight, and nine. Yeah. You know, like those, those, yeah, all of those episodes are burned into my, my subconscious. So I used to have yeah. those DVDs. I still have them actually. I, I, uh, but <clears throat> six through 10, I watched nonstop. And oh, and mm-hmm. five, F- four and five. Right? Yeah, all the ones that were like that would come on, and there'd be two episodes, like one at six, one at seven, and then mm-hmm. I think uh, like, and then it was either it was either immediately preceded or immediately following Next Generation. Mm-hmm. On I mean, talk about a, se- a seminal two hours for me. <laughs> for real. For real. I'm like, well, this is a perfect uh, two hours of programming. I'll be here uh, eating my heat up meal. Mom, thanks. And so then much. in the best part of my childhood, they'd air another episode at 11 and it would be like the last thing I watched before I like. Next know, generation. On a, no, no. Uh, they oh, they do another episode of The Simpsons. They had like um, they uh, <laughs> in television speak. It, they had a third run contract in Philadelphia where they would do. They would yeah. literally air three different episodes in syndication a day, mm-hmm. oh, wow. and it was just like constant, wonderful. You know, before you could just watch. This was well before it was even on DVD. So, like, yeah. the only way you were watching these was if you taped them off TV, mm-hmm. which I had a. I wish I had that Simpsons tape. Oh my god, because it has all the commercials too, and I'm sure it's lost <sighs> to the ages. But like, you either had to tape it off TV or. You just watched whatever popped up next, and you hoped that it was. Uh, you hoped that it was the episode where Bart falls into the well, or, or, <laughs> or Bart versus Australia, where they sing yeah, to they... get him out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, literally. Oh, yes, I, I cried. Yes. When or the episode where they you. go on the um, the um, the uh, the road trip with all the boys, and they go to the Sun Sphere. And, oh my uh, God! Because Bart gets a license. Andy Williams. <laughs> we don't have to stop. <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> So I'm, I'm starting my journey with this uh, because I, I only briefly mentioned it in one episode that I I never grew up watching The Simpsons. So I've maybe, oh, wow. I, I don't know, I, I'm probably poor, it might be close estimate, like 10 max. Like, have I actually sat down and watched wow. like, The Simpsons? And if I'm I jealous. happened, it was just because somebody else put it on. Uh, and I recently watched the first episode and I got to say, Ooh. it's really it's, depressing. Ooh, it's, a sad, yeah. <laughs> it's a sad All of show. season one. Season one is, is tough. Um, it's almost not where to start. Okay. Um, you you, you kind of don't even want to start until like three. Okay. Yeah. Just, should I just go season to three? One, just... Season one is a totally different like. The, the they were doing point... like Norman Lear Simpsons. They're like, yeah. let's have some real yeah. hard. It's very depressing. <laughs> it's very based around like how poor they are and how yeah. much they hate each other. And like it's, you know, like they don't get their heart until like season three. And yeah, then okay. when they get to season four and Conan starts writing for them. Uh, Conan O'Brien, like it's. I don't know that there's a stronger. What like, other Conan vibe. could you have met? Conan <laughs> Barbarian. <laughs> I don't know that. Um, I don't know that. Uh, that there's a stronger like five season run, maybe in like television, mm. than seasons four. Five, I'm sorry. Six, have seven, you seen eight. America's Next Top Model? Because <laughs> oh god. <laughs> They, they Our had... next project, you have to dress up like junkies, and we're going to make fun of drug addicts for oh half my an God. hour. Oh. Make yeah, it it's not, Don't it's worry. I'm gonna, it's yeah, the emotional tooth. abuse is totally free, and it's part of the process. You're <laughs> <Yes>. welcome. <laughs> if you can't deal with this, then you're probably not cut out for this business. <laughs> or, or my, oh my favorite God. thing, you're like, you're like between sizes, so can you like gain some weight or like lose some weight? It's like, oh, yeah. my God. 
yeah, it's, it's mean. It's a horrible. Mean. Um, but yeah, the the the, the that run of the Sims. Uh, yeah, starting with starting with season one, I would always say like go back and watch those just for like historical stand. You know, like from a historical standpoint. But it'd be like starting Saturday Night Live with like watching. You know the the really early episodes of Saturday Night Live. It's, it's a totally different show. I've it's, done it's, that. I've watched like the seventies uh, SNL, ooh, it's, and it's it's really rough. It's filled with like like absolute clunkers, and then like iconic sketches. Mm-hmm. Like there is no in between. It's just like these. This is dog shit, or this is like something that's still quoted fifty years later. You can you watch the that doesn't sound very too first episode. Like <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, The Simpsons is, I mean, and I, and I, I recognize now that like, we're now far, I mean, the show is still on the air, yeah. <laughs> which is insane. I'm waiting yeah. for it to like have another renaissance because like mathematically it has to eventually. Apparently it did. Apparently, uh, the past like five years have been really, have been actually really good. I haven't watched it. I'll so have I to can't go back and check. Tell you. I'll have to go back and check one. When- at a certain point, aren't those actors going to want to retire and or, I don't know. Die? Some of them get out of that room that they're trapped in. Talk to my agent because I really need to die. (laughs) Um, No, for sure. I mean, there have been actors that have left and there have been actors that have passed on. But, like, yeah, I mean, I don't think that The Simpsons needs to, like, with a non, you know, SNL can go on in perpetuity because theoretically, you know, you can just, you keep recycling the cast. I mean, when Lorne ultimately, like, retires, it'll be. Up in the air. That will be a pretty big change because yeah. you know, and he's a pole of of modern comedy, but um, but yeah, the Simpsons. It's like you know those the the thing that's getting wonky about the Simpsons is the is the the moving timeline because like when I grew up, Homer and Marge met in the seventies and they had Bart you know in the eighties and then like but then like. And there was one who was like, oh, no, Homer and Marge met, like, in the 90s, and Homer was in Lollapalooza. It's like, it's, so it's getting it's getting to be, like, yeah. where I am now canonically older than Homer Simpson. And yes. when I started watching The Simpsons, I was younger than Bart. So. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's 36, so. Yeah, I'm 38. Yeah. Actually, I'll be 38 in August. I was just about to say but it's I'm not that hard. I'm now canonically to get older than Homer. How, why do you remind me that I'm older than you? I don't like that. Don't don't put that in my face. It's rude. It's not All right. cool. Well, you don't look older than me. Well, as someone said to me this weekend at a Memorial Day barbecue, a thirty-something uh, man said to me, "Oh my God, thirty-eight, no wrinkles. Good for you, bitch." And I was like, well, "That does not feel great." <laughs> in any shape or form. Unmem- yes. Wow, rude. Yeah, well, <laughs> on Memorial Day, the worst possible <laughs> on time Memorial Day. to tell someone about Day. their wrinkles <laughs> or lack thereof. Yeah, it was, you know, it's all but good. he was a veteran, so you couldn't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, listen, he hasn't been in any foreign wars, but he sure has seen a lot of semen. So anyway, I'll see myself out. <laughs> oh, I think, <laughs> I think your mic cut out during the joke. Oh, did it? Oh, no. You heard I it, think though, it right? I cut out the, the crucial word that I'm assuming was semen. Semen. <laughs> yeah, okay. That's what I thought it was. Okay. Oh, no. Oh, my God. Is there anything else we can squeeze out of this movie? I'll uh, I'll actually make sure to, sure like, say semen really loud over it just to make <laughs> sure. it. Thank you. Thank you for your support. I appreciate it. Uh, yeah, no, we should absolutely still talk about some of this stuff. Uh, Jim, what do you think? Are we at that time? Uh, does anyone have any leftover notes? We usually do, like, if you have anything that you missed that you wanted to talk about, like, one or two things. I will say, 
they did a good job of like when they said, Oh, Anna Kendrick, you're the standout. We want you to be the one who gets the spot, not the team. They, 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 they showcased her in a way that made her absolutely seem like a star and like a great singer. And I was just like, yeah, I get that. I can see that. And, and so they built that up. Well, I thought she sounded good. She should. I mean, she's a, she's a musical theater star. So that's how they do. But, um, uh, so that's not a funny note. That's more of a, just like an Anna Kendrick, like big ups kind of thing. Oh, don't hold that inside of you. Yeah, if that's how you feel, talk yeah, about it. Yeah, that's how I feel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she needs to hear that. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. She's she's famously really cares about my opinion, so I, I do mm-hmm. I do like to bring it up. So. But wait, I want to test something here. You've probably met her, right? Me? Yes. We were at the same Tonys. <laughs> okay, that works. We, didn't, wait, wait, wait. we didn't meet. You know the same Tony. No, no, we were at the same Tony Awards. No, he means the Tony Awards, which he performed at. <laughs> this is the thing with Chris. It's like he'll talk about something like when he dropped Sebastian Stan earlier. And... Right. Well, I mean, but you don't, you were you were there at the same time as Sebastian Stan. I don't know yes, him from his yes. famous times. I just never I know went to those parties, Rutgers. I think. I think I never, oh, I, I, I never hung out with the actors. I only, uh, like the furthest afield I went was I had friends with a lot of jazz musicians, which sounds like I'm like some Lothario from the 20s. <laughs> but, but the jazz musicians at, at Music Conservatory, at Mason Gross School of Music at Rutgers, they always were like the cool ones. And yeah. and the and as I could only stand. So I, I had like a handful of, of opera majors that I was like, OK, you're not getting too far. If it, yes, Chris being the primary one um, <laughs> that I could like. And then that's, I, you know, I think halfway through school, I didn't, I realized I was like, I'm probably not going to do opera for a living. This seems like a whole thing. So I just graduated as quickly as I could. Yeah. It turns out it doesn't get less intense, the opera thing, which is what I learned. Uh, So I went into the, I went into the notoriously slow paced and laid back uh, television, (laughs) (laughs) worked, worked marketing for television and then, um, you know, ditched that. After I got sober, because it's hard to be sober in that business. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm sure a lot of people do it. I'm sure. I'm sure everyone does it. I, for me, it was like I think I was getting sober from that job just as much as I was getting sober from sure. drugs and alcohol. So yeah, here we are doing comedy. Here we are. Yeah. Jim, did you have one? Uh, keeping in theme with the other movies, I wrote 2017 was a bad year for me. Uh, because apparently these movies only come out on a year that I'm. Not feeling good about myself. I only I only wrote one like for this whole movie, and that was the scene where they were all wearing the same shirt that I'm I'm currently wearing. <laughs> you are oh, holy shit. Where they were all dressed as uh, um, like you uh, like classic USO yeah. performers. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The red and white d- stripes. <laughs> the the uh, the costuming and the coordination was was on point in this yeah. film. For sure. Uh, the one, the one thing I both, um, again, I watched it with uh, Katie and I, and and we both kind of looked at each other when they were like, "Let's get real slutty and go to." The, and I was like, "These are pretty conservative outfits for like building <laughs> yeah, up, like like we're gonna really tart it up and My- go to the." To go to the casino, I was like, no, this like I. Katie was like, I would wear like most of these to a wedding, knowing that I wouldn't be the center of attention. My yeah. girlfriend said the exact same thing at that part. She was like, "Yeah, these are fine outfits. This is not a yeah." Like none of them fest. were like, "Okay." Uh, also, they they throughout the entire movie, they're like, "Oh, we're we're getting so old." Most of them are twenty three, uh, right. canonically within the movie, and I think the right. oldest one was twenty seven. 
Right. And they're like, oh, I'm 23. I have a job that I don't like. Fuck off. But then at the end, Welcome. they all liked their jobs. They all like had changed their opinion by the end of the movie. They're like, oh, but I am doing this. And I am doing that. And yeah. I was just like, you're jerks. I also like, <laughs> like the whole the whole idea of like, I'm, I'm a professional music producer. And like music producers are incredible. And they can bring out like the the actual like art from an artist and just help them along but like mm-hmm. sometimes you know like yeah if i get a trap rapper who you know a soundcloud rapper is going to come in and like this is what he wants okay like yeah like, well essentially she's saying no to doing pitch perfect three but as a music producer that's what's going on yes. there and decided to quit exactly. a job because this is garbage <laughs> like, yeah yeah i did write down for that scene that she she was wrong in that scenario. She turned a trap rap song into like a Katy Perry pop song. Like clearly yes. that's not what this guy wants. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Totally agree. My last question from someone who hasn't seen the first two films. So the, the group that I thought that the film was setting me up to believe was going to be the primary antagonist group right mm-hmm. in the beginning. Yeah. Uh-huh. Were they the antagonist in a previous film? No, no. No. So the girl that came from that group and rejoined the Bellas was she an anti? No. She oh was... no, that group. That group's the Bellas at college. Yeah, that's the current Bellas. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, and and she was a young Bella before, so she went and joined the yep. older Bellas on this. Yep. Okay, got it. She, she was came a in freshman the when one. Anna when Anna Kendrick yeah. was a, a senior. That she, okay. Makes she's sense. actually what helped get Anna Kendrick's character kind of to where she is because uh, they produced music together. She's a yeah. And yeah, she's like a writer. Got it. Yeah, and, and they, yeah. like, and they wouldn't let like that. That seems unfathomable to me from the perspective of like, okay, we are the current version of the Bellas, and we're not gonna let the totally rehearsed and like that. Just right. like that's not a thing. Just let them sing a song. <sighs> let them sing. I saw the sign, and we can get this over with. Yeah, honestly, I'd be down I saw for the that. sign. It's going to be mashed up with Chumbawamba. It's going to be great. <laughs> no, instead they just sang "Toxic" twice in this movie, and I was like, just Literally. do something different. Do something different later. Don't do the same. Song. They're like, I'm. Hey, we only got forty-five million dollars to make this film. The army will not pony up for another uh, for <laughs> yeah. another license deal. We need to sing "Toxic" twice. <laughs> all right, all right. This is the got they, they should have done. They should have "You Gotta time. Be" by Desiree, which is one of the greatest. Songs oh my I've god, heard. so good! It's a great song. Mash it up with uh, Meredith Brooks, bitch, and just like, <laughs> yeah. And, and there won't be a dry eye in the house. I love that. I, I did. I've been getting Should very into Lilith Fair. Group? <laughs> <laughs> I've been getting very very into Lilith Core, uh, like old Lilith Fair uh, artists and everyone who toured with the Lilith Fair back in the nineties. This is the current like musical journey I'm on because I'm also rebuying my entire CD collection that I got rid of like a decade and a half ago. I'm You're just... finding it out there though. Oh yeah, it's, yeah. it's CDs cheap. are great because like you can't go to a Goodwill and get good records. You know, like the, no. it's all like Perry Como, and um, you know, you're lucky if you find. There's nothing a wrong Herb with Albert. Perry Como. Agreed, right. but I have them. I have enough already. <laughs> but you can go to a Goodwill and find like really good CDs, and they're all a dollar. You know, mm. like the the market hasn't caught back up because it's going to happen. I think CDs are going to make a comeback too. It's only a matter of time. Anyway. Oh, good thing I kept my Pitch MP3 perfect. player, like the big, <laughs> yeah, yeah. the hip one that like I could. Oh, I love that! I could put like a hundred songs on one disc. Oh, such a big. Think oh, of Jesus all those Blink One Eighty Two songs you could have put on there. Oh, yeah. I did. Oh, Jesus! Yeah, thank you. That's exactly what was happening. 
Um, a thing that bothered me that I would like to bring up is, okay, if you bring up, uh, so at the end, uh, you know, Becca's big, this is her moment. She's doing her song. She decides to, she's going to bring up, even though the whole thing was like, I can't do the show without my girls. Uh, so she does. She brings her, the rest of the Bellas up. How come we can, the audience and everyone else can hear these people that were just in the audience yeah. somehow? Like, you can't hear them singing, right, in a giant stadium right. like that? Am I crazy? Unless he planned ahead and they had lap mics. Yeah. No. Yeah, exactly. Which happened to us at the Tony Awards as well. (laughs) (laughs) Our mics were not turned on and we were in a a group number. And so you can hear the other two people I were on stage with, but you cannot hear me and my other friends who are walking there. And I was just like, this is probably the one and only time I will be performing on the Tonys. And you couldn't turn on my stupid microphone. No. But then I got, I got closer to the, our leading lady who had two microphones and you could hear me then. And it was fine, but it was very, it was a very like, was, Cheetah Rivera. Okay, that's let's, right. let's fine. That's fine. <laughs> but anyway, that's my microphone story. Oh, and I have one more microphone story, and I promise I'll leave you alone. Uh, okay. oh, bring it. Bring it. Also from the same show, uh, one day I, I came to work, and I was having a rough day. There was some stuff going with my family, but I couldn't go be of service because we were in previews, and it was important that I be there. Um, and so I'm all emotional. I had gone to see some friends in the dressing room, and, they, and I was like, crying, and I like got upstairs, and I got dressed, and I went on stage. And suddenly they're holding the curtain and then I'm like, what's going on? And then the, the audio guy comes to me. He's like, hey, can I just quick see your microphone? Because uh, we're not getting any read from you. And I was like, I'm not wearing my microphone. <laughs> so in my emotional, like, whatever, I'd forgotten to put it on. Now they're holding this curtain at a, a Broadway show because I've forgotten to put my microphone on. So we were on this, like, um, in this theater where the stage is here. We have to go downstairs and upstairs into another building. So I had to, like, run and meet my dresser. And it was just a very, a very frazzled frustrating day we got there eventually but um of course the show must go on the show must go oh, on my God. yeah all right that's all i <laughs> <laughs> sorry i'm just anxious now jesus christ okay uh uh okay uh i have a question for, uh do you all have things you'd like to promote uh in roughly five weeks from this from time the recording <laughs> yeah um i'll say that uh i'm on an ongoing podcast called uh oh snap an mcu podcast it's part of the um uh crossroads comedy uh umbrella and it talks about current mcu stuff and we go back and watch a few old uh non non mcu marvel movies that we uh you know we discuss and then so this is not uh, the Medea Cinematic Universe. No, this is not the Medea okay. Cinematic Universe. Okay. I, have, I have watched so many Medea films. I am They're a great. fan. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. Um, but uh, and then yeah, I, Chris and I are both on the uh, the not defunct <laughs> musical yes. improv show. Thank you, places. Which uh, in five weeks from now, you will probably be just in time to catch hopefully our first show back, which will be in uh july july uh, so yeah. keep keep posted to our socials chris what's our socials yeah we are places thank you uh on twitter and on instagram and we have a, a thank you places facebook page as well for our moms and aunts uh and uh <laughs> check in all the spots where um we're uh we're, we're updating things and uh, and coming back to life uh bring you yeah, some jams eager to perform in front of real people musical improv was not a thing that translated to zoom comedy so no uh, no so you know we have been underground but we have uh, peeked out of our of our holes and uh, are now coming back to life as That's the right. blossoming daisies that we are mm-hmm. hell yeah 
We, uh, Jim and I, uh, Jim and I are on the same improv team, as you know, uh, and we just practiced for the first time in real life with our team last night. And oh, that's great. Daddy issues, right? Your team's, team's daddy, daddy issues. issues. Yeah. Uh, well, unfortunately, we couldn't get all of us together, uh, but it was uh, just fantastic to just be outside together in a space. And yeah, just do it. Just it's... do. Sw- you swipe scenes. You guys remember that? You swipe them when you're done with them. You it's... run across. Oh. That's amazing. Yep. Yeah. How <laughs> it's amazing how Ooh, much no. timing we totally forgot. I about. should really take an improv class. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Too late. One We're post improv now. Everything this is okay. the after times. Right. Uh, Chris, what what about yourself? What do you got for us? Anything? Um it doesn't have, have to be I a have... thing you it could be anything. It could be anything you want to promote in the world. Oh sure, 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 sure. Well, I would love to promote, once again, Jean Smart and her renaissance. No, uh, I would love to promote. Um, <laughs> you know, I do have a, I have a cabaret that I'm doing coming up, but I don't have all the details yet. But it will be if you follow me on social media, which my Instagram is uh, at CD Newcomer. You can follow me on Twitter at CBiscuit, C-E-A-B-I-S-C-U-I-T. Um, oh, I'm sorry. That's a lie. That was That's a different username. Now you know how to get onto my OnlyFans. No, it's Cucumber. <laughs> C-E-A-C-U-C-U-M-B-E-R. <laughs> no, you're not getting that from me. You're not getting that from me. It's Gritty1964. No. Um, yeah, C Cucumber. You can follow me on Twitter, but that's where the announcements of that will be. But I'm doing a cabaret with a bunch of my friends uh, in South Jersey in July, which is going to be a lot of fun, which is a benefit for a local theater there, which I'm very excited about because they told me I can sing whatever I want. So it's going to be... Um, a beautiful disaster, and I'm excited for that. Uh, that's, the, that's the title of the night they're calling it. A yeah, they, disaster. They, the guy was like, "It's like it's like an you, indulgence, indulgence under the stars." I was like, "This has a sexual connotation that like I like, but I think it's maybe not right for you know a South Jersey <laughs> theater thing." I don't know. You might want to cut that part out. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if you say cut it out, I cut it out. If not, it stays. Uh, it can stay. It's fine. It's fine. Tight. I will say if uh, I don't care if these things are uh, happening before, I'm still gonna release that information because uh, people should know these things. Uh, Great, yeah, Jim. Did you have another thing? Do you have anything you want to tell the audience? Nope. Uh, Great. That man didn't look like a turtle, so that was it. Yeah. Well, thank you both so much for coming on. I appreciate your time oh, and energy. Of to course, talk about, this was a pleasure. Uh, nonsense with us. So thank you. So uh, fun. We. We will be back because uh, we're going to keep doing this podcast until the day we die. Uh, next week, there is not an episode uh, unless you are a Patreon supporter. You have to do that in order to listen to a recap of how Jim and I felt about this entire series. Uh, and Spoiler, then, yeah, we hated it. We didn't enjoy it. So I guess you could save your Patreon money and don't even bother <laughs> listening to that episode. Reserve that for the five Patreon supporters we currently have. Uh, but yeah. We will uh, also keep a mystery to find out what's going to be uh, the following franchise. Um, do we want to give hints, Jim? Dinosaurs. <laughs> well, that's pretty specific. <laughs> oh, man. Are you really doing Theodore Rex starring Whoopi Goldberg? <laughs> what, a, what a teaser, Jim. What a teaser. I really hope it's the land before time. I really hope it's that, that oh, series. Oh, yeah. It totally is. It 100% is the land before time. Nope. Uh, Not I'm any other star- dinosaur franchise. <sighs> I'm always starting that park. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's the surprise, folks. Uh, thank you so much for listening to our episode. Uh, we'll see you soon. Thank Bye. you. Woo. Bye. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening, and I love you. We lost the audience. How do I leave?
Don't forget to follow us on Facebook at Rotten Treasure. And on Instagram at Rotten underscore Treasure. And on Twitter at Rotten Treasure. And go to Patreon.com slash Rotten Treasure for bonus episodes, early episode release, and a vote for the next series. And be sure to give us a five-star rating and review us on any of your available podcast apps. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks. Perfect.